Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast. We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland. If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast, episode 29, the one where we document farm life. That's a horrible title. What's up? It's hmm, not that bad. Uh, <laughs> nothing. How are you? <laughs> good. Oh, good. Just, I read that out loud and I'm like, oh, I could have put like another like five minutes thought and then found something better to call this episode. That's okay. I bet people still listen or I hope. <laughs> right. Right. What else does anybody have to do right now in July in quarantine? Oof, da, in the heat. Okay. Let's oh review gosh, first it's... before we get too chatty. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. This is from Morgan from Minnesota. Soul Sisters, I am only halfway caught up listening to these amazing women talk all things farming, motherhood, and real life, but I feel like I have known them my whole life. Thank you for this amazing community of women in ag that you are helping create. Thank you, Morgan. I want to say Morgan from Minnesota. Minnesota. That's how she says it. (laughs) Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely not. (laughs) What's your recap? Uh, Well, let's touch on the heat. It's stupid hot here. Like I know it's hot there. I don't, is it humid where you live? We have no humidity, but it is 102 Uh, with wind. Okay. So ours is like 90, but the real feel is 102 because it's so humid outside, like disgusting by 8am. You cannot hardly breathe and it's horrible. And ours is just like stale, super dry. Yeah. You just don't want to be outside. I mean, the only good thing is we get a little bit of a dew in the morning because of the humidity, um, but we're, we're not forecasted for rain for quite a while, which is a bummer as a farmer, but you can relate to that, right? Because it's pretty dry out there. Yeah. I just saw one of our friends on Instagram, April post desert farming. And it's like, that is exactly what we're trying to do out here. Desert. Yeah. I read a, something that said that the heat temperatures across the Midwest are mirroring 2012. And I'm like, oh, in the same breath, 2012. Around here, we had a horrible drought. Like we just pushed over corn because it was so bad. And it was like that a lot of places, but it was already really dry by this time last year. And we're not really dry right now. We're just, we're just kind of starting to enter that like the rain turns off, it gets super hot. Like this is pretty normal for us. Just, you know, how long can we last until we get a little break? So I shouldn't say that it's not normal for us, but since Bart and I have farmed in the last six years, we've gotten substantial amount of rain for around here. Yeah. I think our actual yearly average is like 15 to 19 inches. Oh my gosh. And last year or two years ago, it was like 30. So we got a substantial amount. So you doubled it almost. We're just entering into a drought, but really it's probably our normal. I was just going to look because our, it looked like, okay, so our weather thing's wrong, but it says our DTN, we love our DTN for weather, but for whatever reason, our, I have to call and get it fixed because it says that we've had 23 inches on the year as of right now, but I actually think we've had more than that. Oh, send us that. I know it's really hard not to complain about things that you can't control, 
but you still do it, right? You saw right, the feelings, right. real. Why well, I don't think that the good stuff is good without the bad. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like it's hard. Did- it's hard for us to like just see like things that you've put so much money into, like dying. So that is where embracing the suck is at because, and Bart says it all the time. He's like, I know it's stuff I can't control, but I'm still praying about it. And I'm still really not, I mean, it still sucks. Oh yeah. And okay. So yeah, we've had 23 inches is that's pretty close. Um, and we'll get, we should, we should still get some over the summer and fall, like, you know, going halfway, we won't get double that because the spring is definitely rainier than usually the fall. But, um, if we don't have the bad stuff, like, I just do really think that it makes, doesn't make the good as good. Like if you look at everything through rose colored glasses, then everything just becomes that one tone. So you're never have, grateful for anything, right? You have to have those bad days and those moments of like, Ugh. and Whitney and I are having that. I'm definitely having that. Yep. I just keep going back to Jay Hill's embrace the suck because I don't know what else to call it. Yes, Jay Hill. Uh, Jordan loves Jay Hill. And he always asks me if I've saw Jay's, you know, last story and stuff. And I do because I also really admire Jay Hill for a lot of reasons. So the embrace the suck thing, I was complaining to Jordan today. And, and that's what he told me. He goes, Kylie, you just got to embrace the tra- embrace the suck. And I'm like, I don't want to hear that. Go away. Sometimes you need. I hate you. People. Just kidding. I do not hate you, Jordan. When you that Bart. So so we. I'm a very avid yard woman. So my grass has been trying to die off because it's so dry. Wah, so wah. God bless Bart. He has a tanker, like our tanker of water out there. Built this like he said the guy at the lumberyard was like you have two hundred dollars in this sprinkler and he's like I know but it doesn't matter like we don't want our grass to die so he's mm-hmm. got like three sprinklers out there dragging them all around God bless him yeah no doubt like no doubt yeah that's um, our- happening here oh I got a jeep <laughs> I know I I didn't text you last night I was anxiously waiting to see pictures of it but I didn't ever get you text back so. Whitney got a Jeep because Polaris's and Gators are just stupid expensive. <laughs> like we, so obviously we have a bigger family, not big, but we have three kids. Five. And like we, you can't we, fit. No. In a we, bench. And we do everything together. So we right. were looking at getting a four door Polaris Ranger and it's like, holy buckets. Farming is not that good. So we chatted. No, like no. They're trying to find a used one, but then you have issues with that. And I'm like, what if we just, I've always wanted a Jeep. My dad had a Jeep when I was younger. I'm like, what if we get a Jeep? Because we have some wells that are like 40 miles away. And so we could actually take that on the highway and on the dirt. So we found one and we did it. Is it, does it have three seats in the back? Yeah. So like I'll have to show a picture. There's like Rowdy's car seat in the middle and then both kids can still buckle on the sides. That's not, that's so nice. Yeah. It's fun. We are Ranger people. We bought one a couple of years ago with the kids. Um, we moved out here and it doesn't get used as much, but we don't have doors and we took it this weekend camping with us and we, there was four Rangers and we went on a ride to the like local Marina. It's like five miles away on gravel and we got back and it looked like we had been like ghosted and my (laughs) eyelashes look like I put on white mascara. (laughs) It is so dirty because we do that with our Ranger too, but it's so fun. It is fun. Like Jordan stuck his leg out while we were driving in like a cloud of dust. 
went off. I mean, we were all just like, you could grit, like lick it off your teeth. So I think eventually we'll either put doors on that one, but like you said, like we're growing our family too. And so five in a three seater Ranger just does not work. Like right. It might work for Party one more year. <laughs> we just share, you know, when we're on, don't worry, we don't go crazy driving on the highways or anything, but on gravel, even we have to, the kids share a seatbelt. I have a seatbelt. Jordan has a seatbelt, but like, right. They're just, just so, they're so convenient to just go check fields and stuff. So. Yep. It, well, and you can go out on the field without having to, it's kind of like, you know, a four wheeler. You don't right. usually just drive your truck right out in the middle where you're going to run over all the rows, but you can, um, get a Polaris out in places that you wouldn't normally get a car. Right. So yeah, that's our fun. Yeah. Well, um, if you haven't heard, which I'm sure you all have, Jordan and I are expecting another little baby Everson. Hopefully everything Woo! goes well with that. Yes. In January, um, backstory on the kids, Rhett was two weeks early, my firstborn, and Reese was two and a half weeks early, born in Iowa. And so I fully expect this baby to be December of 2020, probably the best thing that will happen to us in 2020. Hey, that's, I'm just kidding. (laughs) It will be the best thing that happens to us in 2020 sarcastically. And in reality, it will both be the best thing. Right. Um, but we go next week to see, or just to go back to the doctor. Um, and I have had, unfortunately have had two miscarriages, which I'm really open to talking about. So if anybody listens to this and feels like they want to like just have, have a shoulder to lean on, I'm totally here for that because it is super hard. So I've been a little bit jaded this pregnancy, like, and I think it has to do with everything else going on in the atmosphere of the world, like politically and coronavirus and, you know, commodities and all that stuff. And then to have a baby and be nervous about that too. It has been weighing on me, but I'm looking forward to going back to the doctor next Thursday. I think it is. Hopefully everything will check out. With and a good reason. Like you, gender. you have like well enough reason to be worried. Nobody would judge you. Right. right. And, and, you know, last appointment, it was like right at 12 weeks or right before 12 weeks. And the doctor said after this point, like you really only have a 3% chance of miscarrying. And my other two miscarriages were, were before, really before seven weeks. The one was a mis- miscarriage that I didn't know about until later, but it, the baby had died before seven weeks. And then the same with the last one, I actually miscarried myself before seven weeks. So I keep telling myself that, like thinking that, that rationally I should just accept it and move forward and be happy, but it is, it is tougher than it sounds. Well, I'm sure I have never had that unfortunate experience. Yeah, definitely. So it's hard, you know, it's hard to relate, but I still feel that on a very deep level as a mama. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So it's really sobering when you go into somewhere and they're like, um, how many pregnancies have you had? And you have to say five. And then they ask you how many living children do you have? And you say two, and then I'm, you know, currently pregnant, which is, makes it better. And right. I am starting, I think I'm starting to feel movement. So I'll be 14 weeks like tomorrow. I think you either think Um, you have an inside fart or a baby. (laughs) <laughs> is there like <laughs> bubbles in there or is that gas? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, this episode, yeah. this has to do with our babies. Yeah, it definitely does. And we are just kind of talking about life in general a little bit here, but, um, we had a contest winner. It seems like it's been eons ago, but Whitney, do you wanna, well, when was that? Gosh. Oh, I don't even, I, I feel like life has just gotten away from me. It's definitely it's been, been a, a month ago. Yeah, it's been a while, but her name's Laura. 
And so she, we kind of always ask like when people win a episode with us, what they'd like to chat about. And she wants to talk about um, like the legacy that they leave. So she is on a six generation ranch, which is a lot. That's, That's like a lot. And so she's like interviewing her grandparents and stuff and trying to preserve some stuff for her kids, which I think is so stinking cool. So we started to talk about what we're doing. And honestly, Kylie and I are feeling awfully guilty because we're not doing anything. As if I needed to feel worse about my life today, writing this outline made me feel that way. I know. And so my mom, I remember like even at Christmas and stuff, we'll get out like old VHS tapes and like our baby books and she just has photo albums like forever and kept newspaper clippings of our sports. And I have a one-year book for Bodie and Layton and Rowdy has nothing. Well, I don't even have one for Reese. So you're doing better than me. Right. And I vividly remember it being very normal for my mom and I, like I would, you know, let's just say I was seven. Like, I mean, I was in dance and if you know me, I'm not a dancer. <laughs> so. This is obviously me trying something out that I did not continue with. Um, and we would go to Walmart after dance class and uh, we would drop off a roll of film at Walmart. We put yes. it in a little, you know, write your address on it. We'd put it in the thing, the pictures would get mailed to you. And it was so much more work than what we have to do now. And we still can't do it. I know. So like Shutterfly, I made it for my grandparents last year. You can do photo books for super mm -hmm. cheap. I oh my gosh. And there's so many coupons. You can get coupons. Like they'll be given to you in like magazines or books or other things that you already get, or you just Google it. And there, I guarantee there's like 50% off, 80% off. Right. So I did a photo book for them. And I was just thinking before this podcast, like I need to go back. And even if I do like my kids, like Bodie one to five, like just gather yes. pictures of him from one to five years old and then do like five to 10. I'm going to challenge myself to do that because I feel horrible that they will ha like, will have nothing. And if I get so far behind, like I have teenagers, you think I'm going to go back and do that? No, no. So while well, there's what's seven, what is, six and one. And what's like, what are pictures going to be like in 10 years? I mean, they're going to be phenomenal. First of all, my grainy baby pictures are, you know, you can't right. even barely see them, but, but there's still something to cherish. And I want my, well, absolutely. you could, instead of even doing, you know, like each kid, because it gets hard. Bodie would be easy because you have a couple of years with just him. Like that would and be Layton's easy to get this focused him. But then here's Layton and you always take pictures all of a sudden with two. Like I very rarely have pictures of like Rhett, smile. It's usually like Reese, go stand by Rhett. And let's smile. I know. Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm challenging myself that if anyone else needs challenge, yeah. go for it. If you have the time. I think I'm going to definitely try to do that. I'm going to at least try to get a one year book of Reese. And then from there, I'm just going to maybe do a yearly book of our family. Like, like right. my friend, Megan, I thought this was so cool. I go to her house and she's like, Oh, I have these books and we just do yearly. And I'm like, what a great idea. Like you just literally take the year, you throw it in there. That is and a idea. just by year. And it could be, it could be of you and Bart. It could be of your whole family vacation. It could be just of the kids, but it's just memories throughout the entire year. And you could print two. So I kept, so yeah, I kept, one. I kept thinking like, I want them each to have their own baby book, but in all reality, mine are all at my mom's. I don't have them. Right. Same. It's, I don't something even know if I through, it's something we go through at my mom's like at Thanksgiving or Christmas. So that's a super idea. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So that's what we're doing now. And have we ever completed all the challenges we've challenged ourselves before on the podcast? That is unknown. Yeah. But this one we're going to try. 
So yeah. And then I always love like Facebook memories that pop up. Oh, those make my heart cringe just seeing my babies. But just like that, oh what God. if we don't have Facebook in 10 years? Right. Like they're already talking about canceling TikTok for like, uh, national security measures. I'm sure Facebook won't be that way, but I think there's a bunch of people, um, like in brands not sponsoring posts this month because of something to do. There's, you know, there's something going on there and that's, that's just people standing up and saying, you know, we don't want to use it or whatever. What if that happens? And then Facebook goes away. What are we going to do with all our stuff? I know. And our phones make it so easy, but I think so hard to do this because, you know, before my dad would carry a freaking boom box looking thing with a VHS tape and video us. And now I just have little clips on my phone that I don't do anything with. So let's go back. We'll kind of go by generational. So we're talking about like just our parents because that's really all we know. Um, but we had this landlord, she just passed away. She's 99 and we got to, we got the privilege of going to her like memorial service and she was born in 1921. So she, we think we're living a crazy life. Like she's lived through the dirty thirties. She was born at the end of the world, at the end of a world war. She right. went through the depression. She went through world war two. She went through, she has multiple college degrees for a woman is insane. That is insane so at that age too. Oh my gosh. Her dad um, owned the brick plants around here, which is kind of what like our town was created on. And when the men, my favorite story is when the men went off to World War II, she had her architectural engineering degree and she like took that job until they came back. And then she didn't have that job anymore because that was normal, like women, men thing. Anyways, we got to go through her stuff and like, she wrote about everything detailed, sophisticated, mind you, she was pushing a genius. So her, you know, her ability to write is was impressive anyways but she had her graduation gown and it was her father's and she used it and she had notes on it that said this needs to be tapered here this needs to be taken in if this is ever worn again it's like 130 years old that's so but she has all these notes on the history of it like this one piece of garment i really need to to do better Bart's oh gosh, grandpa, they're like black and whites. And I think he was obsessed with videos. So there is like, I can't even tell you, we would be, <laughs> it was always a joke that with his papa that you'd just be sitting there at Christmas and you could feel someone was watching you and he'd just be filming you like doing nothing. And so then you'd have to turn and be like, Hey, <laughs> so we he, have so many of those. Yeah. Umpteen videos of everything. He loved his video recorder and they had black and whites and they would write underneath them with their such pretty cursive handwriting. What was uh, my granny? Like even when you print a picture, do you write on the back of it? How old your kids are? No. And I honestly, All- don't know the last time I printed a picture. All of my, all of my baby pictures have my mom or my granny or my grandma's handwriting on them. And it says Kylie two YO two years old, three MO. Like it even has the month, like two, isn't good enough. It has to be two years, three months. I yeah. I do remember that. Uh, we gotta get better. We gotta do better. The, the thing, the thing about it with me is that I want, I love, I love family history. I love looking back at stuff like that myself. So here we are in 2020 and I still value that. I want to know family names. I want to know, you know, I want to know about our farm. I want to know what, cause we've grown from, you know, two generations ago to now. Wow. We're a totally different operation. Right. So how did Jordan's grandfather even pave his way 
and I don't, I didn't get to meet him, but ever he passed away right when I started dating Jordan. Not that I would have asked at the time, but now I want to know. Right. For sure. We got to do better. It is interesting. Like maybe that leads us toward what we're doing. And and our guest today had said that she admired our podcast because it's almost like a form of journaling that we'll be able to like, listen back to these episodes and say like, Oh, look, look, look at what was going on in our life on, you know, July 8th of 2020. Right. Also, did you know it's our one year anniversary? Just today? Well, our first podcast, yes, it was, we recorded it the second and it was posted the eighth. <laughs> well, happy anniversary, Whitney. I'm so glad we're friends. Thank you. I'd love I to just get you in a beer right now. <laughs> I'd, I'd have a drink with you. I'd pop a, I'd pop a cold one if I could, but I just can't. Oh, dang it. Maybe Epperson would not appreciate it. That's okay. There's a blessing in your tummy that can't have it. Um, yeah. sorry, Jordan called me and texted me in the middle of this and like, is asking me a very important question. Like clearly I asked, I just said like, Hey, just a second. Like, <laughs> that's okay. But yeah, this, this podcast, I really want, I'm excited to hear what Laura has to say because it was her idea to do this. And it sounds like they have a ton of generational history and stuff that, that she, she can maybe share and teach us ways of being better. Technology's made it so easy to be slacking in this department. Yeah, it it really has. And you see people right now, like, especially during 2020 of all the crazy stuff happening, they put like, you know, gas price, $1.82, bread this much, milk this much. First of all, that stuff is actually really fascinating to me. Me too. Like you can find me in a gas station looking at those little like prices in 1950. That's me. The yesteryear, do you guys have a paper? Well, we don't get it. We don't either. My in-laws do. Our paper is literally two pages right now. It's not doing well. It's on sauce leg, but they always have yesteryear. So here I am. Didn't grow up in Vandalia, but I love reading what happened a hundred years ago in Vandalia, Missouri. That's cool. Um, my point of that is that like people are doing that on Facebook, but again, like you said, what if Facebook's, Facebook's not here? It wasn't here 15 years ago or what, just in 2006. Or even like, this is so dumb to relate this to that, but our hired man's wife, they disabled her account. All her pictures she ever had on there, gone. Did she do something? Like, she, what happened? No, she's like, I have no idea what happened and I can't get back into it. So all of her pictures of like their, which you, if you think about that, I've been through like 10 phones since Bodie was born, probably more than Oh my that. gosh. So my baby pictures of Bodhi are on Facebook, like his one year pictures. So if that gives you another push to get it off, then do it. Well, yeah. And there's a girl named Nicole on Instagram too. She had grown her account to like, you know, 11, 12,000 followers. She dropped her phone in the lake and couldn't remember her password or the email that she had her like auto thing sent to. This is me remembering it. It's been a while ago. Anyway, she couldn't ever get a hold of anyone at Instagram. And they, she basically, they just like, she just had to start a new account. OMG. I would have never even thought of that. That's going to make me <laughs> look at what mine is like, now. Write all your stuff down, all your passwords, all your. <laughs> yeah. Holy buckets. Um, what else? I think that's pretty much it. We've jabbered. Embrace your suck. Start a photo book oh. for the year. Stay Pictures do say it thousand words. I mean, I think I would like to, in theory, journal more. And maybe that's what we are trying to do with the Instagram and the blogs. 
but I often push that's like last on my list of things to do. So when everything else gets done, then I go to sleep. So me too. And what's to say that when our kids are 20, that either one of those are still going to be on there. Also true. But I think we maybe have good intentions of going that direction. Right. Um, I, I did find dang. And I, Oh, I have it right here. It was five tips for preserving personal and family stories. Um, so it's, this is talking about journaling. Like if you just sat down with a notebook and just wrote, like, it doesn't have to be anything professional that you do every day or anything like that, but just wrote something that you're thinking about. Um, begin with what's inspiring you right now. There's no rule that says you have to record your life story chronologically, write or record stories in the moment or when the first memory arises, establish a routine, set aside time each week for personal journaling or schedule a monthly interview with your grandparents. God, I, we have, I have one grandparent still living. I would give anything to have interviewed. Yep. Yep. Use prompts or questions. There's a um, it's familysearch.org. They have a prompt, like 52 stories. It's all kinds of just real simple questions to like start your writing. Cool. And then the last but not least, make it conversational, whether you're writing your story or interviewing someone else, encourage authentic voices to shine through. Love so, it. Those are yeah. good. I thought so too. I, I think I'm going to print this off again. It'll be something I start and probably won't finish, but starting you it could, is something. Um, send me the link for that and I can put it in the notes for people. Yes. I will. I will send you the 52, like the, the question prompt and the five tips prompt. Perfect. So we are going to head over to Laura's interview and we will chat with her on the same legacy building generation preserving topic. Okay. Sounds good. Okay, so we are with Laura Holmgren here in Utah. Is that right? Yeah, Bear River City, Utah. Yes, Utah. And so she was the winner of our interview um, from our giveaway that we had forever ago, and we are just now getting to it. So we apologize for that. <laughs> life has happened. Life is life, man. Yeah. So do you want to give us a little backstory on your farm and what you guys do? And I know you're huge in Farm Bureau, so maybe chat a little like on the side of what you do. Yeah, totally. So um, my husband's a sixth generation farmer. Um, my family's two generations removed from the farm. I was going to school at the land grant university, Utah State. And um, that's how I met my husband. So um, I stayed in northern Utah, where I'm originally from southern Utah. And um, it's been really fun kind of getting to know the history of our farm. Um, and something that runs six generations deep is that it's is pretty huge. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's funny when you say that people think that you inherited something, but the reality is, is none of our ancestors ever farmed in 2020. Right. So every generation has their own challenges, but you know, we're talking about preserving history and stuff. So, um, I'd love to talk more about that, but yeah, we, we both, me and my husband and I do Farm Bureau stuff on the county level. Um, we're on the state young farmer and rancher committee and we like it. We find it's a voice for us to, um, be involved legislatively and frankly learn about that process because I want to be better and more aware of it. So, um, that's why we do that. They're right. not our insurers. We have cheaper insurers, but that's okay. Right. <laughs> We love, we love what they do and we're happy to be a part of it. We've got one daughter, she's 18 months old and 
you might be hearing from her, unfortunately, in this episode. <laughs> That's okay. Mine are bribed downstairs with cartoons and candy, so. <laughs> yeah. Every mom who just tuned in to um, get away from listening to their kids for a couple minutes might be listening to mine, and I'm genuinely sorry for that. <laughs> That's okay. So you said that you are two generations removed. Can you explain that for people that don't really know what that means? Yeah, totally. My great-grandpa farmed so and grandmother so my grandpa and dad had um nine to fives and really admirable nine to fives but it was just not agriculture um but it's so funny it's always spoken to me and i'm going to try i'm going to show you a picture and i don't know if you'd want to put it on your socials or anything like that but when i was in college i had this picture of my grandpa my great grandpa and his wife in front of this field of milo and I never knew it was Milo until I started dating my husband. He showed up and said, who are those people standing in front of that Milo? And I was like, I'm going to marry this dude. <laughs> right now I'm going to marry him. And, and you were like, what is Milo? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. And I know now because we grow it. But here's that picture. Oh, that is cool. You should send that it's to just, me. That's awesome. And it's just like, it's like, um, you know, two generations removed, but for some reason, like, these people are still in my heart, right, and it, it just made me feel really serendipitous about where I ended up and who I ended up marrying, and um, it's like you were meant it's just to be there. feels a little bit like a calling. Right. Yeah. So, so did you grow up with any ag in your life then? Were just you were, showing were you... fair animals but no farm stuff. Like you were a virgin farm wife when you married your husband. Yeah, totally. Cool. Totally, totally. Too. Yeah. And I listening to your episodes, it's so funny because I thought um, things were so unique to our marriage and they just weren't. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so do you want to give a little farm history on your husband's side then where that, how many years is that of farming? So, on our third date, we got, we took a tour of the city of like, he was showing me his little town and, uh-oh, baby. You're Pause. okay. He showed me, a, he was showing me around town and we happened to drive through the cemetery and funny enough, the town needed to expand and the cemetery's right on line with our farm. So we gave him some farm ground. He did, because I wasn't in the family at the time. Um, and on this date, he said, hey, if this works out, this is where you'll end up being buried. <laughs> How romantic. <laughs> oh, romantic. Um, but in that cemetery, it has his great, 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 great grandfather who came that, from Sweden. That's unreal. Huge monumental headstone for him and his wife. Um, so he, they've been farming here since they were in America and it's, it's like very overwhelming to think about, but it has evolved. Like there's been family breaks and it hasn't been perfect. Right. Um, but we now have a chunk of the original farm and have been able to grow it pretty well every year since we've got married, which is four years ago. So, well, that's great. So we, we started this episode, Kylie and I chatted about how, how we are doing, her and I personally are doing a terrible job of preserving any memories, really. We talked about how social media has made it so easy 
to get lazy about getting photo books or anything like that. And we talked about how Facebook, like if that ever goes away, I told her that's where most of my baby pictures of our kids are. I don't have anything printed out. My mom always had photo books for us and I just, I've gotten so lazy with it. And so we talked about how we're going to challenge ourselves to try and do better. So where you guys are at, or even like his family and the family before, like his great grandparents, how did they preserve stuff that like, is there anything for you guys to see now? Yeah. Um, oddly enough, written word, which seems really inconvenient, but we, in our first year of marriage, were given some, some journals from this grandfather who great, 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 great grandfather who came from Sweden. And we were reading about, um, people getting sick in close contact on this boat that he rode over from Sweden in. And it took us probably a couple of entries and dates for us to realize that he was talking about a, a sailboat because he was oh. so obsessed with the weather. And we're like, dude's on a big sailboat right now. <laughs> yeah, he's not got a motor. <laughs> no. And like, just, you know, the realities of that kind of make you appreciate any morsel of ground that you're working on that people worked hard to get. Mm -hmm. It just totally gives me chills. So um, they were incredible, meticulous journal writing people. And it blows my mind because I suck so bad. Oh, well, who nowadays really does do that other than like a personal journal of like getting your thoughts out? We don't do that anymore. That's, and you know, that generation, they wrote letters to one another in the army back and forth, you know, to their loved ones. And that we just don't do that letters. None of that. It's like non-existent anymore. Right. And you know, it kind of makes me think like, maybe it doesn't have to be every day, but if something significant happens on our farm, we had a crazy flood four years ago. I'm like, why didn't I write that memory down? Right. Because that's, that's a part of like state history and topographical history. And, you know, it's so much more than just your family. It affects, it affects everybody. And so I think that approach, monumental moments is more, it's easier for me to digest than a daily entry. Right. So I, I want to start doing that. I would agree with that. And like Kylie and I also talked about how cool we think it is like in our own baby books, you know, like they say price of milk was this price of gas was this um, popular actors. Like I know mine says that on it, popular movies right now. And it's like, I want to remember that stuff. And I didn't do any of that for my kids. Yeah. And it's not too it's late. Like my kids are seven, five and one, I could still do it. So I, I'm really glad you picked this topic because I'm super guilty of not preserving any of our, our own history. Yeah. Well, I think, I think of like, I mean, definitely I want, I want to do this for my farm and, and for our posterity. But I also think that the most valuable lessons I've learned is from that sort of information that I've been given. And so it's like, it's a little bit selfish too. Cause I'm like, you know, know where you came from. <laughs> no, right. there's stories. like another crazy one. Can I share another one? Is that okay? Yes, of course. Um, on my mom's side from um, Massachusetts, there was um, somebody in their village. Um, one of, I think it was like an, a long ago cousin um, was kidnapped by a Native American tribe um, in Massachusetts. And years and years and years later, he would have been an adult and the village and the tribe fought. And wow. he came head to head with one of his relatives, like axe in the air, ready to fight. And they recognized each other because they, the, the tribe kept him and raised him and he became a part of who they are. That gives me chills. And that reminds me of like a movie. 
That's I movie know. material. I know. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, it's just, she likes it too. <laughs> so and when I, I was in high school, I interviewed my granddad because we were, I can't even remember what we were, the topic was, but so I chatted the dirty thirties with him and I just remember sitting in awe, like, I can't even imagine living back in those times. Like, and I just remember he'd say it'd be dark forever. And then you'd finally open your door and everything is covered in dirt. You, he's like, we had to sleep with like scarves on because it would come through our house so bad and everything. You just couldn't breathe. It's like, holy crap. First of all, we're extremely lucky to live in the day and age we do. And we take it for granted way too often. And it's yeah. probably because of that kind of stuff that history just, it's so easy to, just like me not doing photo books, it's so easy to just miss, miss look or don't do it. Yep. Amen. So how are um, you, how do you think you will try to preserve your farm or what will you do for your kid and kiddos and give some suggestions there? So I think something new that I'll start is, um, and I have started, I have a four part interview series for my grandparents and spoiler alert if my parents listen to this, but um, it's for my, pardon me, for my grandparents. So I'm interviewing them about their childhood, their early married life, raising children in retirement. And um, I think that that's a really cool place for people to start. And it's just as simple as hitting the record button on a Zoom meeting like we're doing right now. And so I think that, um, that's less tedious than maybe backtracking and writing somebody's life story out. Right. Um, so I'm doing that. But in terms of like not reinventing the wheel, I don't know what <laughs> is happening to her right now. I'm sorry. It's just because um, you're on this. <laughs> it's like never heard that noise come out of her body before. Were your grandparents pretty open to doing that with you? Yeah, they were. I really should do that with mine. Yeah. Um, I've seen people do videos too, it, but time and distance and coordinating is tricky. So I think right. that Zoom, if you can get it easy access for them, it would be so, so slick. But I was saying in terms of like not reinventing the wheel, what I want to do is just read more stories like that sailboat story, because I need to be able to verbally communicate that to my kids. And right. I think that that will carry on forever and ever. Like those papers can get lost, but like if somebody sits down with you and tells you that kind of story, you never forget it. Right, right. That's what, as weird as it is, like I want to bring storytelling back and know enough about our family history and our farm history to do that. Right, and you guys are lucky that you're so far deep in the generations that you that you have the ability to find that stuff because I'm sure there's a ton of people that are generation or generational farmers that don't have any history to look back on other than what you said, word of mouth or storytelling. Yeah, totally. And you know, what's cool is like, whether you're a multi-generational farm or not, you come from somebody and you have family stories. Right. So, um, this is, this is for everybody from A to Z. Right. And you know, Bart and I, we say we're first generation with family history. Well, his family's still farming. He, we're just not on their farm. And just hearing him talk about stories about how like, we were talking the other day, like, I know, I remember when I was like nine, I drove the grain cart for the first time and I was so scared and he's like, oh, so cool. And we talked about how he learned how to drive a truck when he, he said, I couldn't even drive to school. Like I would drive the bail truck and then the bus would come pick me up because I couldn't even drive to school yet. And I just like, that's so cool to hear those stories or, 
or harvesting with their grandpa and that stuff just so cool to hear yeah that's awesome it's the same thing like my husband was checked out of kindergarten by his mom because somebody couldn't figure out what was wrong with the baler like <laughs> just, he's always been able to see things and it's like you're right like stories like that that are seemingly like funny are like no I want people to know about that forever it's cool I know and I, I wish we could you know sit here and just figure out the best way to do that so that because I, I know my kids have heard those stories, but I want them to remember that forever. Like when they get bigger, I want them to remember that daddy could drive a truck, but couldn't drive to school. So the bus would pick him up. I just think that's so cool. And so influential to the people that they'll become just like, right. you know, my husband hearing about his great, great whoever's. Right. We always tell our son, Bodhi, he's our oldest. We're like, you're going to be able to drive semi by the time you're 10, just so you know. So he always says like, I'm almost 10. <laughs> yes, champion. Yeah. Well, is there any other things you want to chat? This was all Laura's idea, by the way, guys. We Kylie and I didn't have a topic and this is what she wanted to chat. So we were super, it's kind of off topic for us. I was a little nervous, but it's been really a good chat. I I don't have anything else to say and it's really not hopefully it wasn't preachy but it's it's just something that pulls on my heartstrings and it's like it's just one of those priority things that it can help your day-to-day -day stuff it can benefit you and you know everything that you guys talk about and have taught me so much about farm safety and record keeping and I think having a grasp on your on your ancestors whether it's involved in the farm or not just keeps you grounded and rooted in a way that makes you better every single day. Yeah, and, you know, and Kylie, like we just talked about how guilty we were that that we didn't have this stuff in place already and that we really didn't have stuff to look back on. Like my mom was super good. We had photo albums. I could still go to her house today and find any of those. Well, Bart's mom was the opposite. She doesn't hardly have any pictures or anything. And I just want my kids to have that stuff when they get bigger to go back and look at. Um, uh, just kind of in relation to like just this topic like writing down and making memories or writing down and keeping record of your memories like I just feel like as a total outsider observing you and Kylie um, you guys have both had some like trials lately you know and like when Kylie started opening up a little bit about her pregnancies and things um, mm -hmm. made me realize that have you heard that analogy that um, guy who's driving his truck truck beds empty he's going to cut wood he gets stuck in the snow and um the only thing that he can do is like just keep cutting firewood because he's out there he's stuck anyway there's nobody there and the weight of that load and responsibility is what gives him traction to get unstuck and um i haven't that is that's yeah you guys have been like huge examples to people who listen to this and who like watch you in your lives. And I think that you'll be examples for generations to come because, um, you know, hard things come and it's that traction that keeps you moving. And if there was ever an analogy that like a farm wife could relate to, I think it's that one. That and is a really good one. I'm totally going to steal that. <laughs> I'm, I'm so, <laughs> I, no, it's not me. It's, uh, it's some, someone cited it. I'll, I'll send it to you, but I'm just so glad to like, observe you guys and I I wanted to win this so bad because I want people like you guys in my arsenal you know what I mean yeah, you're, you're I'm the same way you're I very want people in my corner <laughs> yeah 
Exactly. And I, we, we say it all the time that I think that it's because we share things. Like we could just be very quiet and Kylie could have just acted like she just got pregnant and everything was rosy. And I could have acted like my kid never fell down eight feet of stairs. And so people would never know that they're not the only ones that have shitty things happen to them. So totally. that's why we do it. We, we do get criticized for being open sometimes by some people, but those people, like you said, aren't in our corner. They're not going to be in our corner and those people don't matter. No, seriously, they don't at all. And I am, I'm glad that you take the brunt of those people because I don't think I'm a softy, but I don't have the skin for that. And you know, that's just me being totally honest with myself. I could never and would never be able to build my social media to anything more than it is. Um, I don't have that. I don't have that networking in me because I know that people come for you. Right. And they do. And they do. That's a real part of life. <laughs> and like, even Kylie, when she was like, somebody said that they were like, if you'd quit taking photos, you'd get done on harvest on time. That was Kylie. Right. Yeah. I'm like, I would lose sleep over that. And, yeah. and, and I, her and I, we are the same that we, I'm not saying I'm not emotional, but I'm very, I don't even know what to call it. I don't like everybody knows I don't like hugs. <laughs> I have feelings, but I just don't even like when I played sports, I just don't show my feelings. My dad would always be like, I don't know if you're pissed or happy or what. And I'm like, I'm just fine. I'm good. <laughs> so yeah, it does take tough skin to share everything, but there's, there's a time and a place and we do it for people like you. We hope it helps. So no, it totally does. I appreciate you guys a lot. Thank you. And thank you for doing this interview. It was so fun. You you made me feel guilty, but you've made me want to challenge myself to get better. Hey, and you know what? If maybe it's not even, I didn't mean to make you feel guilty because I'm not doing crap either. No, but not in a bad way. It was like in a way that opened my eyes that I need to be doing better. Yeah. And you know, maybe it's not even starting like keeping record of your own family, but it could start with, you know, looking into what already exists in the past. Because that for me has been the biggest like encourager to be like, no, this is rad that I get to read these stories. How am I going to, what, what's my story going to be? You know, how do I, how do I tell where we're at? Right. Or even if you know, you, this is getting off topic and we're talking long, but who cares? Like, even if you just every season journaled something every year, you could tell so much about each season, winter, fall, spring, summer, you could tell a story. Exactly. And one photo, you know, yep. I don't know. You just, um, it sometimes feels like too much, but I think you can start really small. Yeah, I agree. Well, thank you so much for doing this. And I'm glad we could hear your little girl in the background. That's <laughs> yeah, real life. Yeah, family, right? Yes. Well, thank you, Laura. And well, um, do you want to let people know where they can find you on social media or anything or your farm or what would you like to tell them? Yeah, sure. It's, um, <laughs> she's saying no, no haters allowed is what she's saying. It's, um, Holmgren, H-O-L-M as in Mary, G-R-E-N as in Nancy. There's the Sweden for you. Holmgren dot, Holmgren dot Graham. Perfect. <laughs> That's on well, Instagram. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you, Whitney. See ya. Okay, so that was super fun chatting with Laura. She had yep. great insight on that, I thought. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'll be, it's just really cool to hear about 
people's history. I love stuff like that. It is. So we always end it with a quote. All right. What we do for ourselves dies with us. What we do for others in the world remains and is immortal. I like that. Yeah, me too. I feel very selfish today. So this is... If you weren't feeling guilty already, now you are. Go get the photo <laughs> book. <laughs> I think I'm going to try to work out now so that I can you know, like release some of my anxiety. Oh, embrace your suck, Kylie. Yep. All right. Better get at it. Hey. Thanks, thanks for listening. Guys. Bye. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at the grateful farmwife. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest Farmwives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time. And remember, every day may not be good, but there is some good in every day. Stay grateful, friends.